Welcome to Unapologetic. I'm Maria. Hi, and I'm Andrew, also known as Babs. And today we will be talking about video games. Have you heard the news today? The world's become a better place. I wonder how. And everybody sings in peace. There's only one thing that we need. It's unapologetic. As you hear, uh, this Andrew Babs next to me is a new member of the podcast committee that we have formed. Uh, as you heard in the last episode as well, we have some new people coming in and we are very excited to talk to you about new stuff. Yay! Do you want to give a little introduction to yourself? Um, well, as you may know, I'm Andrew. For those who are listening, you might already know me, but for those who don't know me, I am a first year of sociology at UVA. I am English, but I come from Luxembourg. Um, so yeah, I love chatting too much. And yeah, hopefully you'll love us and you'll love the episode because it's really fun. It's very deep too, but yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about how this is probably going to get very deep. So sit back, relax. This is going to be intense. It's going to be a roller coaster. As per usual, we also have our normal disclaimers. We are just sociology students, so don't take all of our words for granted. We don't wish to talk for anyone. We're just trying to educate people to the best of our abilities, but we will keep extra resources in the description and in Instagram. So if you want to know more about these topics that we're talking about, feel free to research more on your own. Here we would also like to note that do keep in mind that this episode does mention sexual harassment and assault, verbal and mental abuse, violence and self-injuries. So if you think that these issues might be triggering to you, please do go ahead and skip this episode and you can come back to the next one where hopefully we will be talking about things that are a bit lighter than this. Thank you! So, as we said earlier, we will be talking about video games and this kind of came up because Andrew actually wanted to come with some ideas and one of the ones that he came up with was to talk about video games and how there is a lack of representation for women but also for queer people and for non-white people. There's often a lack of representation. So that's how it kind of came about. And at first we were like, none of us talk, know anything about video games. What, are, what is this? Uh, but the more he kind of started introducing the topic, the more we got into it. And, and now I'm so excited to be talking about this to you. And I, I'm so excited to be learning more about it as this episode even finishes. And maybe you guys can comment on Instagram or something uh, if you are into video games and you want to tell us more about your experience with them. And yeah, I'm just excited to be talking about this stuff and excited to be bringing awareness to this topic because I, I didn't know anything about it before we yeah, started doing the research. So It's really important that we do talk about this as we do associate certain aspects of video games to certain people and to certain genders. And this needs to be talked about and also broken down so that we can all do our part, I'd say, and embrace video games. It is a really fun source of entertainment and it does bring a lot of good stories and a lot of good memorable moments. Yeah. So yay! So starting off, um, we thought we would talk about the representation in the gaming culture. And the main focus here will be on the exclusion of women. 
but you can take it and kind of associate it to other marginalized groups as well, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, as you said earlier, you were talking about how we have a certain idea of who plays video games. And to me, the first thing that comes to my head is like teenage boys just sitting in the room in a dark room with nothing else, just playing video games and their mom comes in and they're like, ah, oh, go away, mom, or something. Oh, yeah, you know, that, like the that, very yeah. typical <laughs> image. But uh, we found this statistic that basically says that um, 33% of adult women play video games. And if you compare that to the statistic of teenage boys playing video games, which is 17%, that's so much more. Yeah. And I don't know, in my head, teenage boys are like the highest like video game players or something. Yeah, they're and then the highest like, position, the little pyramid, if you think of one. Yeah, and so, then yeah. so the statistics of seeing that adult women actually play a lot more video games than teenage boys was kind of uh, cool to know, I suppose. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think for a lot of people who might be confused about this, think about games on your phone. Think about how certain games like Candy Crush Saga or Farmville, for example, you don't play it for countless hours. You just play it for a certain amount of time. And I think this is very a casual side of gaming where you just play for fun for, you know, little serotonin boost here <laughs> and there. But it's a really fun thing. And if you have any family members who do suffer from this addiction of Candy Crush, I do not feel sorry for you as it might come to you and it is really fun. But point is, is that a lot of these apps contain a lot of casual players and this tar- and the target audience are generally adults. And you can see this in the statistics that it's mostly women. So it's a really good interesting, good and interesting point to show. Yeah, I think uh, the main aspect that you said is casual players. And there's another statistic uh, that was saying that um, like twice as many men would identify themselves as gamers as opposed to women. And I think it like really hits the spot because, you know, a lot of women do play games, but they would never call themselves a gamer. And you said that it might have something to do with not being that stereotypical white man yeah. playing video games as well. So then that can also go for other marginalized groups, like queer people uh, would also maybe not call themselves a gamer because even if you play a lot of games, if you're not in this like community of people making dark jokes and stuff, we'll get more into this later, um, then you don't associate yourself with the identity of gamer. Yeah, even myself, like I play a lot of video games, but I don't identify myself as a gamer as I really got my own personal identity, which is obviously a queer man. But even then, it's it's, it's that interesting comparison that a lot of people do identify as a gamer because of the community it has behind it. And it's really, it's nice to be part of that community, but then there's a lot of like dark things that we are going to talk about that is kind of pushing a lot of people away from being called a gamer. But again, yeah. Yeah. Starting with that, there's this term called flaming, which I didn't know anything about, um, but apparently it's so common for women to be discriminated against and to be verbally abused when playing video games with other players that are most likely men, that, yeah, there's this term called flaming now, which is basically that, that um, women within the video game industry and community are just um, called different slurs and 
called names and just often underappreciated yes, and undermined. And we found a lot of stuff on the internet of women talking about this. And, and the, we found some TikToks and stuff of women kind of recording themselves playing for just like five minutes or something. And already they were being harassed. So we can put that some of these examples for you to hear. No matter what game I play, I literally just can't escape these sexist asshole. Yeah, maybe if you have microphones, no, you can afford them. What do you mean? Yeah, we asked her, why aren't you using it then? Actually being helpful. Because you're not playing. Yeah, stop talking, silly woman. It's like the fourth round, you've gone AFK, where would I speak to you? I don't care, it's just... Yeah, okay. Okay, okay man, you do nothing. Alright. What's it like with the gender pay gun? I probably am more than you, that's for real. <laughs> You definitely live in a very small house wearing glasses and very obese. Yeah, right. Because yeah, he's gonna get fit game girl, mate, it's a fact. You don't. Yeah, we both know it. He, get, he gets so many women to be fair. <laughs> Save some pussies for the rest of us, mate. So, just to add to what you were saying, um, flaming. Flaming in, in of itself, as you said, is the act of degrading basically a woman because uh, of her playing a video game and it is very very serious as this can lead to rape jokes slut shaming calling female players ugly but also wishing on them death and also rape and it's very very disturbing um simply because they are a woman um and this will also lead into certain players specifically male players telling them how to play the game even though the woman is doing the best in the game for example like she might be doing the most kills within a game per se and they still hate on her because she's a woman and it's it's really really interesting um because again it is linked into into deep misogyny um yeah there was this term that you said was it shadow planning no how was it oh a backseat gaming yeah and you can explain it better than me, yeah, I think. So, backseat gaming, uh, for those who don't know, it's basically when a player who isn't you told you how to play the game. So most of the time, they're not in the game or they're just dead, so they can't do anything for the time being. And they tell you, oh, go kill that person, go into that place. You know, they tell you how to play the game, which first of all defeats the purpose of the game in of itself. Okay, you got the controller, mouse, whatever. You play. Go, girl, you play. Okay. <laughs> Queen. Um... But then also, this is also linked to misogyny because this mostly happens to men because they think they can have the control. Because they want the control. That's why they play video games where they control certain characters to do certain actions, which in nowadays, it seems kind of weird if you do that in real life. Like, <laughs> you wouldn't go up to someone and punch them for money like in GTA V. You wouldn't. <laughs> um, you know, so these things are really, really important to talk yeah, about. Yeah, and you said that basically it's so much more likely that they would if if a woman is playing they would tell her what to do and they wouldn't like if there is a woman in the game they would go to her and immediately tell her how to do anything because it's assumed that she just doesn't know how to play and it's good to show her and like be a good bro blah 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 oh this also brings me back to that youtube video i was watching a couple of days ago um so there's this video uh we will put it in the description, but it's basically a lot of women that are gamers that came together to create a panel and talking about their experience as women in the gaming industry, not industry, in the, in the community. community. 
Um, and basically, they were talking about a lot of things, which were all very disturbing. But uh, one of the things uh, one of them was talking about was um, the idea of being a woman in this space makes you different, obviously, as we've talked already. And it makes you very vulnerable to being used. So as we as it might be obvious to some, uh, a lot of people that play video games do it because they are trying to escape something in their daily life or they might not have the support they need in their daily life. And it's really nice to go online and find a community and a support system that you maybe can't find in real life because, you know, you might feel different than other people. Or yeah, whatever. and you're also masked for, for like a certain while I'd say, or just for a certain extent, you're masked, so you can remain a lot more anonymous, um, which is in of itself exploited. Yeah, I think a lot of people go into video games wanting to escape something. I mean, not always, but it's nice. They go to find a community. They go there to have fun. But uh, especially for women, we see that whenever they go into spaces and they make friends, a lot of their friends which are male are not actually trying to be their friends. They might want something more out of the relationship. And they go into it trying to convince the girl that, oh, they're just friends and they help them out and they help them in playing games. Like we mentioned, they might tell them what to do and the girls maybe don't know as much yet and they think, ah, oh, they're just so nice. They are telling me how to play the game. Yeah. And But they only do that because they want to get something out of that relationship. Uh, they don't do it only because they are friendly. They Obviously, do, yeah. they can also be that way, but... They do it mostly for exploitation. And this also leads into a very serious aspect of grooming. This happens a lot, especially for young players. You know, they might feel they're welcome from an adult and they might long for that and they might really need that. And this can also lead to certain online friendships, but also online relationships. And this can be sometimes really dangerous as sometimes these men are exploiting these young women and they are specifically for nudes. Um, and you can find a lot of this happening on, for example, on video game blogs. This happens a lot, but also online. It's really disturbing. And it happened to one of my friends when I was playing online when I was like a teenager. And it was really scary because it was really apparent and she couldn't do much because she told too much to the man so he know where to find her it was scary but she only said that because he exploited her because he gave her what she needed in her life to basically feel worthy and it's really really scary so yeah i think yeah i think just the power imbalance that might exist in these spaces uh and you know a lot of girls even lie about their age because they know that being really young in spaces like that is like a bit weird or they might want to get some sort of relationship out of these spaces and they think ah maybe if I can lie about my age I can pretend to be 17 yeah. when they're actually younger and yeah it just creates a lot of issues which can be quite scary and I think that power balance also shows for young boys to they reveal the age they can be 14 and they'll say they're 14 because they're basically protected because video games were made by men for men which is really disturbing. But nowadays it's changing, but it's still that power imbalance, you know, where so men can just reveal who they are and they're safe because no one's gonna attack them per se because they're part of the norm. 
which is really interesting, but also really, really scary to know. Yeah, and in the in the panel that I was watching, basically a lot of women were saying that they always like to be part of this space. They always have to be extremely careful of anyone they talk to, and they always have to think, oh, but what if they're just trying to get this out of me? What if like they they can't relax and just get friendships? Yeah, they're always scared that this person is something else. They're someone else that they think they are, and. I think that's pretty sad. Yes, it's, it's the exploitation is also happening online where you think there's a safe space, but it's not a safe space because, again, men are ruining these places to exploit it. And it's it's really, really disturbing. And I think we can also see this, again, relying or going back to some previous points of them being so comfortable with using slurs and using dark humor, which is basically a part of gaming culture now. And I think we can see that with PewDiePie and how he said a racial slur. And he defended it saying it's part of gamer culture. It's part of just funny, funny, ha It's funny to joke about, ha like saying the N-word. It's not. And yeah, I think they, they use the word edgy a lot of the time to refer to how this space is. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah, we're just edgy. Like, we don't want to be mainstream and be very careful about what we're saying all the time. We're just making jokes. Why is everyone getting so offended? But this kind of community really normalizes saying really terrible things to people all of the time. Mm. And like you were saying that in um, audio chats, is that what it's called? So I was, when I was still a teenager, I was put in a group chat where people, they started sending very disturbing videos and images and they called them memes. Um, We all know what memes are, but still, it is still disturbing because one of the videos I remember seeing was a man being decapitated. Another one was a man jumping off a building and literally being dissembled. And I left immediately, but it still scarred me and it still taught me a lot about the gaming industry. Um, no, community, sorry. But also, it also shows the whole thing with young teenage men thinking that this is funny and it basically desensitized them to these images. And it's really, really... It's it's very dark and it's really deep and me and Maria right now are really like heated up about this. So yeah, it's really important to talk about and to bring awareness to. Yeah, I think it also relates like you were saying that there's you know, they live in this space, these kids, and they are kind of part of the video game culture and as we were saying before, a lot of people go into this community because they don't have another one. And when you only exist in the space where people are using slurs every day and ca- tell you to kill yourself, yeah, um, you start thinking that's normal and that people do that in real life as well. Because if you have no support system in real life, that's all you have and that's all you know. And that can be really detrimental um, to people's health, to people's understanding of the world. And it can really create a lot of issues, especially with communication with other people and making relationships because if you think that the way to come to make friends and the way to communicate is to always make other people feel bad about themselves is just the way to be that can be really detrimental to your own health yeah your own life but also the people around you exactly and this also is just a greater part of the whole misogyny and desensitization that men experience in their teenage life because i know in my high school like so many people sure they played video games similar ones than i did but i never played with them because 
we never communicated because their way of finding it funny was through this dark humor, whereas mine was just being crazy <laughs> and also very gay. Um, but yeah, and it's there's obviously this difference, and did it affect me? Yes, but also what it did to them is that when they grow up, they slowly realize that it's wrong, and you can see that yes, people do change. But the core issue is, is that this stuff happens because this is the only place that men feel like they can be men, you know, where society tells them, you can be a man, just be really rude to other people that aren't like you. And it, it, it really is toxic. Yeah, I think the, yeah, the word is toxic. Because, I mean, obviously there's a lot of spaces that are really amazing and really create communities and people feel heard and understood by other people in these chats. But then... It's important to realize that there can be detrimental effects um, by this anonymity and this kind of online foolery of being yeah. really kind of dark and stuff. Yeah, and I think you can mostly find these kind of communities that are really dark in multiplayer games who are FPSs. And for those who don't know, it's first person shooter or you can have a third person shooter. I think that's what you call it. Sorry. Um, but yeah, and because in my experiences, because I play both FPSs and solo player games or games where there's a community and I can see there's a vast difference. People who will play solo games actually are more welcome, they're more open-minded. Take Genshin Impact, for example. There are a lot of basically players who I know who are queer, who love their characters and it's really interesting to see that compared to other games. Sure, they might have a more diverse cast in those multiplayer games, but the community is still toxic. Yeah, because then they are able to play all together, and while they play all together, they often show a lot more rage because they think it's funny, and they, like, I don't know, showing a lot of rage will make their friends laugh about how they're being really crazy, and then yeah. that creates, like, a kind of cycle of toxic masculinity where you're like, oh, if I pretend I'm really annoyed then people will find it funny i will want to be my friend and i will show my dominance in this way or i don't know i'm, yeah. I'm being a bit um i might be going a bit too far here but yeah yeah i think you get the point i don't think you're going too far i think you you're explaining the point in very simpler terms yeah which is amazing a per um and i think this also bleeds through to the whole developers and the whole basically industry that create these video games um especially with the whole um, sexual harassment allegations, uh, but more specifically labor right issues and how it especially affects women and people of color within the gaming industry. Now we're talking about the industry itself yeah. and the development of games and the behind the scenes, basically. Yeah, and I think first we can start kind of more... Um, light-hearted light. even though it's not light but. it's not light but um yeah in the industry um there's a lot of issues with labor rights because um one of the things that is kind of nor a norm in the industry is that you know being a developer for video games is some it's a lot of people's dream yeah and they work really hard for it and they you know usually these things you only do on your own you don't go through formal education or if you do it's still like really expensive or anything but a lot of people like are self-taught and they're really into this and they always yeah. work really hard for it so it's assumed that you always will do overtime and you won't be paid an appropriate amount but that's people's dreams so they, they feel still fine do it, yeah doing it. it's crunch culture it's 
the lack of diversity within industry too, where people expect you to do certain things, even though you have other things to do of, to do, you know, have a life, for example. Um, this also happens a lot with, I know, queer developers, because obviously in the teenage times, they don't have access that much to the queer industry itself, except for here on their shelves, but it's still important to talk about how crunch time gets rid of that personal time and that also leads to a lot of burnout to a lot of um lacking uh no not lacking slacking i think from in companies where they basically get rid of um, employees because they do nothing and once you face and once you try rebelling against this uh which is the case with riot games they basically put you in a different field of the industry so let's say you were um, a coding person so you do the coding for the game they would put you let's say into um, business management you know it's your skills aren't needed there and you're basically there just to wither out to burn out and then to quit when your contract is over and basically what this does is that it negatively impacts you so this crunch culture in of itself is really well damaging damaging to the individuals and also the creativity and it's it's like an art form basically yeah and, and i mean that's why people really want to go into it because they think oh i want to make a beautiful game like the ones i play and you know um that's what they aspire to but then within the industry itself they face all these issues of ah uh, these people want me to work 20 hours a day and if i don't they will basically get rid of me yeah in the best way that they see fit um, they're also not compensated for their overtime. They're not, and because it's expected from them to know this, and it's it really is disgusting and disturbing. Yeah, I think this reminded me of the culture of working in Japan. That you know, it's always assumed, like it's a norm in society that you will work as hard as you can, and that's like the epitome of what it's like to work in the world. You need to work as hard as you can because that's what makes you a good person. Yeah. And within the industry of video gaming as well, um, working as much as you can shows that you're really determined that you really want to be in this industry. Uh, and if you don't, if you actually care for your life and your relationships and everything like that, then that's looked down upon. And you can be get gotten rid of and leave the industry just because you want to have a life. Yeah. It's limiting creativity for productivity which isn't productive at all so <laughs> yeah yeah and i guess now we're onto the more deeper side of mm. the industry we are going to talk about three different game developers um, who have published titles such as league of legends assassin's creed overwatch rainbow six siege and many more and these companies names are riot games ubisoft and activision blizzard these three companies all faced sexual harassment claims and accusations um, that male staff actually harass and get paid significantly more than female workers. Um, this can be seen with Riot Games, which to me is the most disturbing one, where they even went as far as phantom humping. And um, What does that mean? Phantom humping is basically they go up to the employee and they basically hump her. Ugh. They go up to make sexual advancements on her and joke about it. And it's like, ah, I just did that to you. Ah, that's funny. Which is really, really disturbing because, again, what made that normal 
male industries and male toxic masculinity. One of the complaints against Ubisoft um, was against sexual harassment as a, on an institutional level because the female employees basically alleged that it was seen from by the company that keeping harassers in the company was more profitable. So they wouldn't actually protect their employees, uh, but they would just keep people that showed negative and predatory behavior in the company because they thought that would be good for business because they're probably, I don't know, good developers or something. Yeah, and it's it really shows the ethics behind companies nowadays, and in this case, video game ones, as they would much rather keep people that are skilled even though they are ethically but also morally wrong, mm-hmm. as I would say. But yeah, it, it really is disturbing to know but it's also good to know simply because now we know that these companies are supporting basically rapists and sexual harassers where now what we can basically do is look into smaller companies that publish games that are ethically and uh, ethically correct but also protect their workers against these things. So basically um, about Ubisoft um, they had a game called Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Initially, it was supposed to be a female lead game where the character itself is able to be queer or to be straight. That's up for the player. But when pitched to the CEO, the CEO said it won't sell because it's female. It's a female lead game. So the game developers had to add a male lead um, called Deimos, I think. Um, and it's really, really disturbing knowing that a CEO of a game is talking about female leads don't sell. Yeah, it's also like, it goes back to what we we're talking about before that like it's more profitable to keep the harassers in. And I think, again, it goes back to like the capitalist system that the main thing that really matters in any company is that it's profitable. Uh, and even then, we actually have examples later on that show that a lot of games do have representation that is not just white male leads that are doing amazing because people do like seeing women play and all these things and yeah it's a uh, pretty disappointing exactly and in the next game that they published of assassin's creed called assassin's creed valhalla they actually introduced two different characters who are both male and female but they have a gender neutral name called igor where the name doesn't change and i think this is also a good step forward showing that the character itself no matter what the gender is it's still igor it's still the same character with the same characteristics, which is really, really important to talk about. So now we're going to talk about Riot Games. So basically, these are the publishers of League of Legends. They basically paid 10 million US dollars to settle gender discrimination lawsuit with women who worked at Riot Games for the past five years for, this is approximately for at least a thousand women. Um, And this is basically... Uh, for the past five years, they've been entitled for the part of settlement money for the lawsuit. And if you don't know what League of Legends is or who Riot Games are, they are basically the publishers behind the hit series of Netflix called Arcane, which is amazing. But they are also ethically and morally really, really corrupt. This is also because of the bro culture they have within their workplace and also with the hot girl list, it's, it is really disturbing. Yeah, uh, yeah. apparently they were circulating... Okay, first of all, 
Uh, I think this again ties to what we're talking about, how there is a culture when playing games that is a lot about black humor and you can call it bro culture where it's it's kind of like uh, quote unquote locker room talk um, yeah. that a lot of it's kind of offensive and stuff and you know the people that go into this in this industry are the people that would play games in this scenario and so they come in with this mindset and then if there's female employees in these companies they they see them through this lens they they have this kind of not so morally correct um, aspect to their thinking. And apparently they were circulating a hot girl list where they were ranking female employees by attractiveness, which made me think of the origins of Facebook, which is also very disturbing. Yeah, I'm also thinking of 13 Reasons Why. Uh, I didn't yeah, watch it, but I don't want to. I read it. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> Listen, the TV show is way worse, but... It's still the fact that they are still creating lists of the, literally the male gaze. Literally. Yeah, it's just uh, extremely disturbing. I cannot imagine working at a company and figuring out that all of my male empl- um, colleagues are ranking me fifth on the list of whatever. That sounds horrifying. Yeah, it's also just the fact that you're basically seen as hot. Not and as just, an employee. Yeah, you're, you're, you're just degraded. You're just objectified, which is just... It doesn't matter what type of job you do. It doesn't matter if you're good at your job or not. It doesn't matter if you're a good leader. What matters is you're hot. Yeah, and I just think for all the... Or not. (laughs) Stop. Um, But I think just just to basically give a bit of, like, information about this, it has, not from Riot Games, but within industries, and also think it's also in other industries itself, it is now morally not accepted but also it's also been accepted to talk about salaries because it's really important to see the distinction within salary gains and mm. wages as now it's been talked about how much people gain. People now know of that, that for example, female employees are now realizing that they're getting paid way less than their male counterparts for doing the same job, for doing the same things and probably even better, which is so disgusting. So yeah, it also kind of shows with Riot Games, they basically had a suit, um, a lawsuit basically, with that also alleged outspoken female employees uh, who faced retaliation from Riot Games. The- so basically, if you do want to protect yourself, not only will the company not help you out and continue to support your perpetrators, but they will also punish you for speaking out against the abuse that you will be facing. So a lot of the times, the women that we're talking about the issues they were facing in the workplace were denied promotions. They were, again, being put in different compa- in different departments of the company, like uh, Andrew said before. Um, or they were even put at... Yeah, they were paid less. They were just basically told to shut up, and if they didn't, they would face really horrible consequences yeah. to their work. But enough of the really dark aspects of all this industry and this community. We also didn't want to end it that way because even when we were talking about it, we were kind of ending it that way and we felt really wrong about it because it made us very sad. So we want to outline some good aspects of the industry and look into the future with some hopeful eyes. Yeah, exactly. And I think one game that does it really well is The Last of Us 2. The game is focused around... A female protagonist who is lesbian already 
it's yes, yes, yes. You know, yeah. The game itself was actually really beloved by a lot of players.、Um, I myself haven't played it yet, but I am really interested in playing it now. I will spend my money, my hard, <laughs> my hard-earned money. On this game because it really seems to me what I align myself with, so I'd love to play it. But also, another game which yes, it's aligned to the companies we just named previously is Overwatch. Overwatch already has the main like the poster child of the game, which is Tracer, is actually a lesbian, and they introduced this around Christmas some years ago, near the start of the game. And it's really important because the character itself wasn't basically made to be straight. She was introduced,、um, or not relatively, but at the start, she slowly was introduced as lesbian. And then they did the same for another character called Soldier Seventy Six, where he is a gay male. And it's really nice to know about that, and it it really shows that there is queer representation within video games, but also. It's not just about queer people; it's also about indigenous people. Where lately there has been in the video game Rainbow Six Siege,、um, within this year actually, they introduced an indigenous character called Thunderbird, and they actually worked with professionals and people who are indigenous.、Um, sorry, who are indigenous to work with alongside the character, and it's really beautiful. Even within the character design, there's so many details that you can see was made with care. Yeah, and I think talking about Rainbow Six Siege, they also had a a character who lost an arm, right? So we have actual disabilities、um, that are represented, but that also aren't treated as negative. Actually, the character itself within the game, when you play her, her arm, her synthetic arm, that's basically like a robot, basically, is really unique as it creates more gameplay aspects. And I think this is something that's done really beautifully because the character itself, again, Rainbow Six Siege. Whenever they create these characters, who basically the developers are. So, for example, who aren't indigenous, who aren't transgender, who aren't disabled, they actually get professionals and they actually get people who are basically who the character represents. And I find that really beautiful, you know. So yeah, there's also a lot of POC representations nowadays. It's so beautiful and yeah. Yeah, I recently was talking to a friend, and he w- had played Last of Us, and he told me that he really, really loved the show, and he told me that a lot、show? of people, ah,、uh, it's not a show, game. <laughs> the game. I mean, it feels a bit like a show, right? Yeah. Some, ah,、uh, I feel like some games、uh, like say the story so beautifully that like、uh, you do play, but there's also like aspects that feel like a show because you're following the. The narrative and everything. Yeah, you're embraced.、Uh, and yeah, pl- putting characters that do have a story that's not the most, like hegemonic,、uh, white guy goes to war type of thing,、uh, really creates representation and like really makes the players understand people like that. And I think that's really beautiful to be able to finally say, I can be a lesbian. Yes. <laughs> on the game. We talked a little bit about different types of games. If you're interested, that you can look into, that are actually doing really well with representation, and are actually trying to change the space a bit because by introducing these characters,、um, you know, the conversations while playing will be different,、yes. and I think that can be already a very good step forward. And we also, like I told you, 
there's already a lot of women that are coming up and talking about the issues that exist already in the industry and are trying to change it. And the more awareness that exists, the better things will start to become. And even from when I was a kid, um, I have seen in the past couple of years that uh, so much more women are playing games nowadays. Like I have yeah. a lot of influencers that I follow. And in the past couple of years, a lot of them have turned to streaming. And I think it's really cool because in the past, they were all like doing makeup and stuff. And now, you know, a lot of them are actually interested in gaming and they, yeah. they go into gaming and a lot of people watch it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's really beautiful that more and more women are able to enter this space and even dominate it in some genres. Yeah, um, which is honestly really beautiful. And I think, do you have a favorite streamer, by the way? Do you I don't any? watch streams. But oh. What I was thinking of is this um, YouTuber that I used to watch. I still watch her. Her mm. name is Arden Rose, and she plays with her boyfriend. Mm. Um, and they play together. I think she also plays alone. But yeah, I think um, I, there's some YouTubers that I watch that just play. But I haven't really watched their yeah. streams because I, I don't really watch streams. But uh, maybe I should start. After oh, yeah. doing this podcast, I kind of want to start. Yeah, I mean, for me, my favorite one is called Dish. Mm -hmm. She does a game called Genshin Impact. And it's just so funny, so wholesome. Because it's just like, it's, uh, it's, okay. <laughs> she has a frog hat. Aww. And it's so cute. And she drinks apple juice. And it's always funny. Because it's like the good side of video game culture. Where it's actually funny. Yeah. Where it's not mean to anyone. It's just funny. It's just funny. funny. Yeah, like, you can be fun. No, you can't be funny. <laughs> you can't be funny without being horrible. Exactly. Look There's a lot of examples. Us. We should we should learn. <laughs> we should learn. Okay. So just to conclude up the little episode we had, little fun thing we had mm -hmm. to just wrap up. So one of the first points we mentioned was the lack of diversity within the culture, within video game cultures, and especially the harassment and hate and amount of messages they get wishing negative things to them happen especially to women women that play games and we must address it and we did and but we will continue to and then afterwards we also talked about labor rights and the issues that arise in the industry and it, i feel like it was really good to look at the background because obviously it's good to see the good of the games and how they're nice but knowing how they're made is very important i think with most things in life and then we wanted to really wrap up with all the good stuff and looking off into the future with a good beautiful lens of good things coming that's it thank you for listening to us we're glad that you were able to join us and we hope that you can do that next next time as well the next episode coming up will be a small mini episode about beauty and race and we hope you can listen to that as well and we thank you for coming and i said that too many times and bye 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 bye, bye. also don't forget to follow us on instagram yeah do not forget if you don't know where to find us it's called unapologetic and if you don't know how to find that, go onto the SEG Instagram page and just look for Unapologetic. We're just the podcast, just chatting. So this was Andrew, also known as Babs. And this was Maria. So bye, guys. Bye. Bye. bye.